0: Welcome to the Pastor Nora King podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. And so tonight I'm going to uh, share some things with you that will help you, uh, and there are things to consider in difficult times, things to consider in difficult times. Now, I wish I could stand here tonight and I wish I could say to you, you know what? Uh, you are not going to face any difficulty, any adversity, any trouble, any trials or tests. I wish I could say that to you, but that is not the truth. And anybody who tells you something like that uh, is lying because, you know, we got to have the Word of God. It's a weapon. It's, it's made, uh, you know, so that we can use it to tear up the enemy and his plots and plans and get the victory. So the difficulty comes, it's what do we do when it comes our way. And so I'm going to talk to you tonight. Now, I don't have an all-inclusive word. Nobody does when they share. But these are just some things that God laid on my heart, and I'm going to share them with you. Okay? I want you to, to in anything I'm going to say, I want you, any difficulty you find yourself in, to always expect God to help you, to expect Him to be there to help you. You know, sometimes I think He wants to help us more than He can because of the things that we're doing actually in our life that, that, Tie his hands, so to speak, if you know what I mean. We do things that violate, that uh, come against. And uh, if we know it, then we can get it taken care of. But then there's sometimes we don't even know that. But just always expect when you find yourself in a difficult situation that God is going to make a way for you. All right? He will make a way for you and you have to. Now, here's a key word. Trust him. Trust him. Everybody say trust. Trust. There have been times in my life where crisis came. And during that time, one of the first things that came out of my mouth is, God, I will trust you. I don't understand, but I will trust you. And you know what that's saying? That's saying you put... All of who you are, it's like resting your physical weight on the Lord, leaning up against him. Lean on the Lord. Lean on him and trust him in difficulty and he'll make a way for you. He'll make a way for you. Trust is so important. You remember the times I've told you about when um, I used to go to camp and you know they'd want to teach me how to swim and I would get in the corner and the counselor would be there and the counselor would say, oh, okay, just I'm going to stand right here. You just launch out and you just come to me and it, I'm in the corner. No, no, no. There was no trust there, you know? But sometimes I liken that uh, example to really in, in, in your faith life what it's like. You can be out there in the water, And Jesus is standing there and he's got his hands outstretched saying, come to me. You can trust me. But we're standing in the corner full of fear and shaking and saying, I can't, I can't. But you can if you trust him and you lean on him, you trust him that when you launch out into the water, that he's going to be there to hold you up. He did that for Peter, didn't he? You remember that? Proverbs um, 16 1, listen to this preserve me O God for in you do I put my trust preserve me if you think about the word preserve it means to protect it means to keep and it means to save keep me Lord protect me Lord for I put my trust in you now, see, I want to tell you that because many Christians do not understand that. They can, they can rely on the Lord for whatever situation they're in. Some people think, well, I go to God, you know, when I need to get saved, when I need to get filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, that kind of thing. But every situation, wherever we go, God goes with us, and we need to include him in our life, in our conversation, in our relationships, in our behavior, he needs to be with us in those things. Well, I, you know, I, that's fanatic. That's being a fanatic. Well, call it what you will, but it's being a disciple, being a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. And he said... Preserve me, O God, for in you do I put my trust. Or in other words, I'm trusting in you, so you be my protector, Lord. Sometimes you can't protect yourself. Sometimes you can't be the one to keep and save yourself. But he can be, can he? And the opposite of preserve is to destroy See, when you put your trust in God, he preserves you. What does the devil do? John 10, 10. The devil comes, listen, to steal, everybody say it, steal, kill, and destroy. That tells you what the devil comes to do. But Jesus then says in John 10, 10, is it that uh, scripture continues on? I have come to give you life in abundance until it overflows. And so when you trust in God, realize where blessings come from and where the good things come from and where the destruction comes from. Well, God did that to me to teach me something. No, I don't believe that. It tells you there and see, you got it. You got to discern that. You've got to know that so that when something happens, you have to realize where did it come from? Who's the author of that? Is it the devil? Is it demonic forces? Or is it God? It's very important to understand that. See, I didn't know that for a long time. I had scriptural confusion. I was just kind of interweaving scriptures, you know, uh, and, and, and had a lot of confusion over that. And then when I began to be a student of the Word and read the Bible myself and, I, I, and, and listened to people who taught the Bible and who taught scripturally, when, when they began to teach me that, some separating came out. Oh, okay. All right. I understand that now. Okay, then I've got that. Okay, then now I understand. See, there's a disclosure of truth that comes forth as you grow in the Word. And as you grow in your walk with God. And so you understand who's doing what. That's important to understand that. Amen? Now, when you're in trouble, you could ask yourself these questions. Is this a result of my wrongdoing, my irresponsibility, my lack of wisdom, or just flat out sin? See, you need to ask yourself, I'm talking about things to consider when you get in difficult times. Is this a result of something I've done? Well, if it is, you know what to do, don't you? First John 1 9, confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all sin. That's to the believer. So you get back in right relationship. The second thing to ask yourself is God trying to get my attention for change and new direction. Now that's really important. You remember Elijah the prophet? And you remember, the, you know, God told him, go down by the brook Cherith. You remember that? Go down there. I've got the ravens, and they're going to bring you the food, and they're going to feed you. But, and, and that lasted for a long time. But then, just guess what happened? It, the brook dried up. And when it dried up, God had a different provision. And so, see, we have to ask ourselves that. Is the crisis I'm in? Now, did, did God cause... Uh, The crisis, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying when you get in the middle of it, you have to ask yourself, do I need new direction? Do I need to adjust here? You need to ask yourself that, okay? The third thing, is it just simply, now I say simply, a demonic attack? Is it just flat out the devil And he's just launched an attack after you. See, ask that question, okay? Then ask yourself, is this a combination of some of these things? Is it a combination? You know, see, that's the thing about wisdom. Wisdom will help you discern. Well, yeah, I can see here I've been irresponsible, In this area, give no place, no toehold, is what the scripture says to the devil. Okay, so, okay, I see that. I've been irresponsible in this area. Okay, but then in the middle of that, God could be giving you some new direction and guidance and you have to discern. And as we talk down through here, I hope some of these things will unfold to you and the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you because it's not all about just what, you know, what I'm saying. It's what the Holy Spirit is using me to say to prompt something in you, okay? So you have to ask yourself questions when you get in trouble. Now, I, I, let me say this you can be really introspective to the point where you harm yourself and you harm your faith and, and your situation. Now, I stop long enough to say, God, do I have a part in this? I stop long enough to do that and I listen too because I. I don't want to learn the hard way. I don't want to have to go through things over and over because I don't learn things. I want to learn. So when the difficult things come like that, you, you, have, to, you have to ask the question, but not linger there in a way in condemnation. See, some people, well, I would just never even consider that. I'm just so perfect. Well, let's just get you tonight and get you a special seat and put you somewhere. And it may be like Pinocchio and you keep saying that in your note, you know, because that's a lie. <laughs> so balance, you know, I talk to you about balance a lot. Balance in the word is so important. Amen. Amen. So, the first thing I want you to consider tonight in these, uh, when you're going through difficult times, and you may not be at all right now, but write these things down, and when they do, or get the message, whatever the case may be, or some of you are, write it down. The first thing is get someone preaching faith to you. Now, the other day, when this person called and left that prayer request, just like hundreds of people do all the time. And I just felt drawn to say this. And I said, whatever you do, get someone to preach faith to you. It's not time to listen to the end times, even though we all love that and we're looking forward to Jesus coming. It's not time uh, to... Listen in, you know, all different subjects that you may have on CD or MP3, whatever the case may be. It is time to get someone who is preaching faith in your face and let them preach and preach and preach until they get that out of you, that oh my God, what am I going to do? The crisis is here. The difficulty, because we've all been there and you got to settle down and you got to let the word of God begin to jerk that stuff out of you. I remember someone told me one time, they said, I got your message on thus and so, and it was a faith type message. And they had a family member, like not like in close, but a family member that was really suffering they were going through depression demonic attack they had lost a lot of weight they they couldn't function on their job and everything like that and they told me they said i gave That message that you preached to them, and I told them, listen to it. Listen to this message. So the lady took it, and she listened to it. And then she listened to it again. And then she listened to it again. And then she just continued. She wouldn't stop listening to that. And the next thing you know, the person came back and told me, because this person that this happened too was not in the church, of course. And they said that she is totally healed and delivered of that depression, oppression, whatever that thing that was on. You know why? Because it's faith and it's telling you, you can overcome and you're gonna make it. You're not going under and the devil's not gonna destroy your life. So you gotta have that faith and it's gotta come into you. Oh yeah, I know that faith message. Yeah, that's the trouble. You think you know. But it'll be just the, oh yeah, I've heard that before. So have I, many, many, many times. But I can tell you what I'm telling you is what I do when I hit these difficult crises. I want somebody that's going to be speaking faith to me and tell me, Nora, you're going to make it. You're going to overcome this. You're going to get through it and you're going to go to the other side. The waters may be rough. But get in the boat because we're going to the other side. You got to have hope, guys. Amen. So preaching faith. 1 John 5, 4. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, we have to stop thinking and being fixated on difficulty and the adversity that's around us. We have to stop thinking about that all the time. We have to stop talking about our crisis. I tell you what, some people... You, oh, yes, I'm in God. And the next thing out of their mouth, for the tenth time that you've seen them, they're rehearsing the crisis. They're fixated on it. That's all they think about. That's all they talk about. You're not going to get free unless you put God's Word in your mouth. Faith in your heart the word in your mouth, you begin to speak it to that situation. You begin to speak it out. I want to tell you something. These two people right here, we would not be in the position that we're in had we given in every time the devil comes to say, I'm going to destroy you. You're not going to make it. This is not going to work. That's not going to work. I can tell you, you better learn To get the faith of God in your heart and in your mouth and in your mind. And if the thought comes, what do you do? You cast it down. You don't take that thought. Take no thought by saying the Bible says. You can't think crisis. You can't think difficulty. You can't think adversity all the time and talk it and get your victory. There's laws of the kingdom. There's laws of the kingdom. And we're talking about when you put the word of God in motion, it begins to change things. It begins to rearrange things for you. I believe it with all of my heart. And don't anybody tell me it won't work because it's too late. We've already proven it. Amen. But you know something I thought about? We, you know, we have to, we have to think about these things when distress comes. How, how are we going to act or react, I should say? What will we say? Will we get bitter or will we get stronger? Will we give up or will we fight? Those are, those are things, aren't they? They're real considerations too. You have to determine, and I can't answer that for you and you can't answer it for me. We have to look inside and we have to determine that, amen? So your first consideration again, get somebody preaching faith to you. And if you have to listen to it over and over again, then you do it, whatever it takes. Well, I listened to it one time. Well, have you changed yet? No, then keep listening to it. Just keep listening to it and find other people, whatever the case may be. Find somebody else to preach to you. Amen. You begin to talk God's solutions. You begin to talk the answers for the problems that you have. Amen. Amen. The second thing, second consideration in difficult times is to fast. Now, I put it up here toward the top of the list I want us to turn over there and look at that. Isaiah 58. You said, oh my gosh, I'm looking forward to having that cheesecake after service. That's okay. There's times for all that, but then there's times to fast. You don't fast all the time. You know, some people, you know, look like they fast all the time, you know. I believe the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I believe if you're a Christian, you look like it and you act like it. Don't you? Amen. Pickled Christians. <laughs> Dill pickled Christians. Okay, Isaiah 58 in verse number six. Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. So fasting, you know, Fasting is just not something that you do every January and July that we do as a church. We do that, don't we? And and that, that is uh, kind of like a tradition, but it's a godly tradition and it's good and it certainly isn't without the power of God involved in it. But there are times in your own personal life when the difficulty comes and the crisis comes and, you know, it's so varied. How can we say what it'll be and, and what's happening and going on? But you need to consider, do I need to fast? Do I need to fast? Do I need to get my spouse in the fast with me? Do I need to ask a friend that we're prayer partners? Do I need to ask them to join me in a fast? You know, I wouldn't do that very much, but there might be sometimes that I might do that depending on the situation that I'm facing and whatever I'm in. I'm talking about a personal thing. You understand what I'm saying? So fasting will... If, if we understand this, what fasting does? How how can you explain spiritual things? Fasting, doing without food, really if what it, it causes your physical body. It causes your physical body not to get all the attention. You know what? I want my fried chicken. I want my coconut pie. You know, I want this. Your your body's crying out all the time. And you say, no, you don't get any fried chicken. (laughs) And you don't get one of those good French dishes that Josette cooks. You're not getting anything you're going to do without food. And then somebody, well, that's fanatical. No, this is in the Bible. It's in the, the New Testament. It's in the Old Testament. Uh, we're in the old now, but it talks about it in the new. And wh- what happens is there is some kind of power generated in the spirit realm when we tell our bodies and we boss our bodies and our physical appetite and say, you are not getting anything. I'm calling on the Lord. I'm seeking God. I'm setting this part uh, time apart for fasting and I'm not going to eat for one day, two days, whatever, you know, your case is. And if you read the Bible, I'm not going to get into the different kinds of fast, but, um, You know, fasting is scriptural. You got to use your head. You know, you need to drink water and you don't fast so many days that, you know, you can get ill. You know, you got to use your head. And I I know, why do I feel like I always have to explain things sometimes? Because people, you know, they can go off on tangents or something. But again, fasting is scriptural. And what it says that it does here, these chains of wickedness are broken. If you're in a crisis, if you're in distress... There's wicked spirits attached to it. And the Bible says here that these chains of wickedness, fetters of wickedness are broken. In other words, the fast can cause those things to be annihilated, okay? And then bondage and weight lifted, bondage and weight lifted. When you get in a difficult time, there's a lot of weight attached to it, isn't there? There's pressure from what you're going through, there's stress from what you're going through. And here he's saying that this bondage and the weight from that thing will be lifted and the oppressed or the discouraged shall go free and the yoke will be broken. Now, it's, it's it's, it's interesting Yoke's broken. This word, to break the yoke, it means to root out. There's just some things that needed to be rooted out. Fasting evidently fits that bill. It will root out some things in our life. It will root out some things in our situation that are going on. See what we have to understand. As we sit here tonight and we're we're in a service, uh, there's an angelic realm. Where God's angels and his kingdom is going on. And at the same time, there's a demonic kingdom and demonic forces that are moving in the earth. And we as God's people, as God's children, have authority over the devil. We have authority through the name of Jesus, the word of God. And fasting can break the devil's back. Demonic forces back. See, God didn't leave us. Unequipped. He gives us the equipping, but we have to use it. Amen? And so we need to consider fasting. Acts 13, 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, now listen to this, the Holy Ghost said. Very interesting. When you get into a time of fasting, obviously you'll pray with that, you'll pray and fast. And when you do that, many times God will say something to you that you don't have to manufacture the voice of God. You don't have to act like you heard it. You can actually hear God during that time. They ministered to the Lord and fasted, and the Holy Ghost said, see, ministering to the Lord, of course, it's worship, but that's a form of prayer. So this prayer, they were praying, they were fasting, they were worshiping the Lord, and as they were on that fast, the Holy Ghost said. Now, there have been many times where I've been on a fast, and the Holy Spirit says things. I remember years ago when we first started this church and we were on a time of prayer and fasting. And as we um, ended that fast, I think maybe it was like a three-day fast or something like that that we were on. Believe me, when we started this church, we needed some help. (laughs) We needed help because we didn't have people, money, anything. We didn't have a denomination, no one to support us. You know, believed in what we were doing, really. So we knew we had a call from God and we were willing to follow that. But when we came off of that fast, uh, we we were getting close to home, pulling up in the driveway. And I remember this. It was just like whoosh the Spirit of God dropped into that car. And we both knew it at the same time. And so when we went into our house, uh, Eddie went to his study. And at that time it was in the basement. And I went upstairs uh, to the bedroom. And as I got up there, you know, God began to speak to me. Uh, He spoke several things. But one of the things I know that he spoke to me about what the Holy Ghost said during the fast time, during the, the time of getting before the Lord, um, he told me that he wanted to use my hands to bring healing to people. And I had oil. Now, people, and you know, you can say that's flaky, and, and I've heard people do all kinds of flaky stuff. I don't want to sound that way. But I had oil come up in my hands. And that, I couldn't, you can't manufacture that. Either it is or it isn't. But, you know, that's through a time of fasting. We were going through a difficult time because we were trying to establish this work, trying to do what God had called us to do. And the enemy comes against you and people come against you. Now, we know that people are not your enemy. It's the devil behind them. But, boy, they sure listen to him. You know, it just makes me want to get right up in their face and just say, Devil! Devil! How many of you have been there before uh, well we won't say any more about that so when you're fasting you need to know how do you hear God how how can you maybe develop some understanding number one be open and willing to hear God say yes or be willing to hear him say no well I want yes But what if he says, I don't want you to do that, but I want you to do this? See, I don't think God will say no and withhold things from you. I think he will say no to something that we're pushing for that's not his plan because he knows what he wants is a better plan for our life. So you have to be open. To hear that. But see, sometimes we can get in a time of praying and fasting, and we're in a crisis, and we want to hear a certain things so bad that we won't be open to hear truly what the Spirit of God wants to say. We just have to be open before Him, don't we? As you're reading the Bible, let Scripture speak to you as you fast and pray. Pray in tongues. Doesn't the Bible say in 1 Corinthians 14 that when you pray in the Spirit, you pray forth divine secrets and mysteries? What is a secret? It's something you don't know. What is a mystery? It's something hidden that needs to come to the surface. And so when you pray in tongues, well, I don't know about that being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Well, you just give it all to me because I know about it. I'm not going back to the other way. And so pray in tongues. And you you can hear the secrets and mysteries. I'm going to tell you something. God wants to let you in on some kingdom secrets. But everybody doesn't go there. Surface Christians don't go there. And we have to grow into that, don't we? You have to be... Honest and open before God and grow into that and then as you pray in tongues, you can begin to speak for I I prayed in tongues and then I just wait and Then God would give me something to speak in English right when I'm praying and I'm talking about for myself over my situation Not a message for someone else a message for me See it's a secret it's a mystery and he brings revelation, and then you can speak it forth. See, if you want to hear God speak in tongues, it tenderizes your spirit. Fasting tenderizes your spirit. Praying tenderizes your spirit. Tongues, praying in tongues tenderizes your spirit. You understand what I'm saying. You know, you can, you can if you're cooking a, a dish, and uh, you have the meat dish, and... Um, you know, you can have the best recipe in the world, but if it's not tender, you know, when the final outcome of that, you know, it doesn't make for a good meal, does it? Well, in, in our hearts, it doesn't make for a good spiritual outcome when your, your spirit is tough and calloused. And see, cares and difficulty and crisis can make you bitter and hard. I've seen people, and they've been through so much, and it's all over their countenance. But then, but then they begin to take some of the considerations that I'm talking to you about, and it just begins to change them, begins to, begins to tenderize that heart, begins to soften that heart. It's amazing what God can do. All right, so be open and willing to hear God say yes, or maybe go another way. Let Scripture speak to you as you're reading it. Pray in tongues, then be quiet and listen. Now that's amazing, especially for some of us, isn't it? Bless God, praise the Lord, hallelujah, Okay, see you, God. That's the way we do sometimes. But see, pray in tongues and be sensitive to, to, to be quiet. Still, you're, I'm a person, I, I got to be doing stuff. I, I'm into stuff. I'm doing stuff all the time. But you know, there's times that you just have to settle down and make yourself not be active Just be quiet before the Lord. Still yourself. Be still, Bible says, and know that I am God. But the point I want to say, be still and know. Talk all the time, be a blabbermouth, and not have knowledge. Not know. Know. Amen? Don't always try to feel or see. Well, that, I don't feel. I don't see. Don't do that all the time. Because if you're trying to figure out God by feeling and seeing, that can be very deceptive. I'm not saying that, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you that you can't feel something, you know, that kind of thing. Yes, you can. But if you're just going on feeling and seeing, you can't, you can't discern God on feelings and what you see all the time. You understand that? And the sixth thing, um, you know, when you're pulling away to fast and pray before the Lord, receive witness of the Spirit or the knowing. Receive the witness or the knowing of the Spirit. Now, this is a scripture in 1 John 2.20 that I have stood on many, many times. I have said this many, many times. You have an unction or an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. You see, as you fast, as you pray, as you pray in tongues, as you quieten yourself, as you listen to the Lord and not trying to figure everything out, but you quieten yourself before the Lord, the Bible says if you will do that, inside of you is an anointing. It's an unction from God. And the Bible says it's from who? The Holy One. And you know all things. That's a scripture that I claim. Because there's just so many situations that you get in and you do not know on your own. But you can rely on the Holy Spirit in you. Now you see, this has to be developed. I'm not just talking about, you know, here tonight, instant spiritual growth. Instant spiritual growth. No, it's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. But what I'm telling you tonight will help you to grow and develop, amen? And go beyond where you are now. If you're a mature Christian and, you know, you've grown a lot in the Lord, then, you know, just keep adding to it, amen? We never arrive. We just keep on growing and that's for sure, amen? Praise the Lord. I'm not going to... I'm going to go on to something else. The third thing, um, now with the fasting, I, I had pray in tongues there. I separated that out. But the next, the third thing to consider when you're going through a crisis is just to pray. Now, this is a different kind of prayer, okay? Now, tonight, I'm going to talk about a prayer of petition on this sheet. Now, I've got several of these at this table as you leave tonight, this prayer petition. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about it. A prayer of petition, you know, you can can find that in Philippians 4, and I'm not going to go over there now. Um, I'll I'll maybe, if I have time here in a few minutes, I'll go over, but I want to just explain this, okay? A prayer of petition is where you make a specific request to the Lord for whatever it is that you need. If it's your business, if it's your family, if it's your home, if it's a vehicle, if it's a job, uh, if it's a change, in whatever, wherever you are. On this prayer petition, I've got a place for the date, then the request, whatever that is, and be specific in that request. I always say, though, when you... Make a prayer petition and be specific. Well, if you want a car, do you want a red car? It's okay. But what if God wanted to give you a really good deal on a black car? I mean, are you open to it? I, I just tell people, be open to it. It's like, well... I want you to agree with me and I want you to pray for me that I will find a husband or a wife. And I I want my husband, I want him to be six foot tall. I want him to have dark hair and be real trim and athletic. And I want you to agree with me for my wife. I want her to, you know, be a certain way and, and look a certain way and act a certain way. You know, sometimes it, all of that doesn't work out the same. Now, I know you want to be attracted to... Whoever you marry, okay, so I understand that. But sometimes we can be kind of crazy with specifics, you know what I'm saying? I've told many people that have come to me about things, this has happened, I don't know how many times, Um, and, and they'd say, well, you know, that's not, that's just not who, the type of person I was believing God for. I said, well, you might need to reconsider. Do they love God? Are they a good Christian? Do they love you? Are you compatible? Then, you know, sometimes then they'll let the guard down and they can go on into a relationship and find they really love them. You know, it's interesting how that can happen. So we're not talking about marriage, but... But anyway... So, on your prayer petition, you specifically write down what you need and want. And then scriptures, write down scriptures that give you the promise. (coughs) I'm going to give you just a couple of scriptures, or, or a few, to write down in this section where it says, scriptures that give me the promise. You can write down Matthew 18, 19, because on this prayer petition, this is for you and one other person to come in agreement. If two of you agree on earth is touching anything, he'll do it. Now this is something, Eddie has shared this many times, I've shared it before myself, but this is something we do in our own personal life. And we try to share with you things that we have learned to help you. Do you have needs in your life? Do you have a crisis in your life? Do you have difficulties in your life? Do you have needs in your life? Do a prayer petition. If you're married with a person that you're married uh, to if they can get in agreement with you or if, you, if you're not married find that prayer like I said that prayer partner somebody uh, who can agree with you spiritually and and you um, believe God for this Mark 11:23, 23 whatsoever things you desire when you pray believe that you receive them John 16 23 ask the father in the name of Jesus And those are things that you can uh, write down. And uh, I don't write the whole scripture, just the reference. Um, And then both of you sign it. And then you put that away. And anytime you think about that, thank God for it. And pray in the spirit over it. But don't you don't have to just continue over and over again asking if you agreed. The Bible says, when you pray, believe that you receive. What that means, believe that you receive, believe that you take it. Believe that you got it. Believe that it came to you when you prayed. And so, therefore, you continue to thank God and pray in the spirit over it. Because the Bible says, when you don't know how you ought to pray... Pray in the Spirit uh, in Romans 8 26 and through there, okay? Jeremiah 33, 3, this is one I like. And um, it says, call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Um, the New Living uh, Translation says, I will show you remarkable secrets about things to come. Now again, see, God's got mysteries and secrets and he wants to reveal things to us and he wants to bring them to us, but it's up to us to tap into that. Call on me. What is he saying? Ask me and I will answer you. Well, I asked God and he didn't answer. That's not true. The Bible said, ask him, call on him, and he will answer you. Amen. So, if you want that prayer petition, you can get that as you leave tonight. We made some copies. If we run out, we'll, we'll place some more there. Um, now, the fourth thing and the last thing, I'm going to do this real quick. We need to confess God's protection and upholding power over ourselves and our situation. Now, what I mean by that? Isaiah 54, 17. This is really important. When you're considering things, when you're going through difficult times, crisis, adversity, and that kind of thing. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Now listen to this. And every tongue that is raised against me in judgment, I'll be, I'll be just going about my business. And God will say to me, I want you to pray. Isaiah 54, 17, people speaking, people doing things, and you don't know it, and they can be out there in spiritual witchcraft. No weapon. These are Christians I'm talking about that will do it many times. No weapon formed against. I'm pushing back. I'm pushing back. I'm fighting back. I'm not going to stand and let it happen and believe God to deal with them but they're not putting their curse on me. And you need to say that too. No weapon. Well, they're working against me. They're trying, to do, they're trying to destroy me. I said, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Put that in your mouth. Put that in your mouth. And no word that is formed. There's a forming of words to create an atmosphere and create things that will go on around us. No weapon. And I, another thing, God prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Well, I just hope they fail. I hope they don't make it. I, can't, I hope they can't do this. And I hope they can't do that. God they have made themselves my enemies. I just thank you. I'm looking forward to sitting down to the table that you prepared for me. And they get to watch me enjoy the bountiful blessing of God. Hallelujah. Now, you see, I can do that in love. I'm not talking about being mean and hating people. And, because you can't hate people if you've got hate in your heart. You know, but I'm saying stand on your covenant. And I might pray, God, deal with them. Help them to see what they're doing. Help them to see that they're being used by the devil himself. Amen? All right. Let not my enemies triumph over me. When the thoughts come, when the words want to roll out of your mouth, let something with power come out to counteract what the enemy is doing. Amen. Plead the blood of Jesus over your life and say that he always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. I've got the victory. And if you just need to do a little dance, just do a little dance. Do a faith victory dance. That's right. I've done it before. I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like dancing. But bless God, I'm just gonna dance. So well it's not too pretty. I don't care. I'm not dancing for you. <laughs> Woo! Things to consider. When you're going through difficulty, these are the the things that I have learned that will put you over, that will turn things around, that will reverse that curse, that will turn the adversity. And so I, I just give that to you and you put it in your arsenal or you use it. Maybe some of you, you need to use that right now and you get it out. And tonight you start it. You start warring a good warfare. Amen? Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. Don't give up and don't give in. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.